0: Thank you for tuning in to the World Overcomers podcast. On behalf of our senior pastor, Andy Thompson, we appreciate your continued support and generosity. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast to receive updates when we post new content every week. If you would like more information or want to make a contribution to World Overcomers or Pastor Andy, visit www.worldovercomers.church podcast. Once again that is www.worldovercomers.church/podcast enjoy the message
1: Amen you may be seated in the name of the Lord wind from within dig a well if i can draw your attention to the verse that i just said over and over that, that 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 the verse there in verse 19 that says and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of god Right here at the end of the worship service, we sang this song that said, I will remain confident in this. I will see the goodness of the Lord. It's a powerful passage. It's right out of the scriptures. It's right out of Psalm 27. In essence, the writer is saying, no, I will remain confident. And to, to make a declaration that you will, will remain confident means that you may be dealing with some things it's something that David was able to write about because it implies that you may be dealing with some things that are attacking your confidence. It, 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 uh, it causes you to admit that there may be some stuff going on in your life that you didn't plan. There may be some things going on in the world that's not in your power. There may be some stuff going on in your family or in your body or in the culture or in society that wars against your confidence. Anybody can be confident confident when everything's amazing. Anybody can be confident when everything's awesome. But it's a whole other thing altogether to remain confident, to say, I will remain confident in this. I will see the goodness of the Lord. The rest of the verse says, in the land of the living. Meaning, I will remain, I'm holding on to my confidence. I'm not gonna let it go. I'm gonna stay confident that I will see God's goodness while I'm alive. I know I'm going to see his goodness when I get to the other side, but I'm making a statement. I'm making a bold confession. I'm not going to give my mouth to speaking my fears. I'm going to say we put our hope in you. We put our hope in your love. We put our hope in the one that is the everlasting God. And I will remain confident that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. It is one thing to say you are confident. It is something else all together to be confident. Yeah, yeah. They're not the same. And so when we start to talk about confidence, and since I know there's, there's a difference in being confident and faking that you're confident. And so, since I know that, I don't want my confidence to just come from a song we sing. I don't want my confidence just to come from a feeling I had in a moment. I want my confidence to be on something real. I want my hope to be built. My my grandmama would say, my hope is built on nothing less. So I want my hope to be resting on something that is solid. I want my confidence to be based in something real. And, and more than just your experience or mine, more than just your emotions in a, in a service like this, more than just in the giftings that can get you excited. I also want your confidence to be in the word. And so I said something last Sunday, and if you weren't here, it's okay. I'm going to say it again. I asked the question. Where does your confidence come from? Where does my confidence come from? If you look at me and it seems like I'm confident, I am confident. It doesn't mean that something don't try to mess with my confidence. Gonna be honest? It doesn't mean that I don't deal with discouragement. It doesn't mean that I don't deal with fear. It doesn't mean that I don't deal with trouble. It doesn't mean that I live some kind of other life. No, I'm a human being too. Stuff does war against my confidence. So where does my confidence come from? If there's anybody in this room that's actually confident. I'm not going to ask anybody to wave their hands because I don't want any of us to have to be fake or not be fake or whatever because it doesn't really matter because real confidence is something you can't fake. But if there's anyone in here that says, oh, no, I'm confident. And if I asked you, where does your confidence come from? I don't know what your answer would be. I can tell you where my confidence comes from. And you can see it even in these verses here. And I gave it last Sunday. I'm going to give it again. In verse 14, he says, for this reason, I kneel before the father from whom every family in heaven and earth derives its name. So the first place that my confidence comes from is from God the Father I said that last Sunday God and not just God the guy up there the guy in the sky the guy in church I'm saying God and my personal relationship with God so I I have a prayer life I come to church I'm consistent I look at the word because God and my relationship with him is, is a big part of where my confidence comes from. When I'm really stressed or really afraid or really worried, I end up saying, Lord, have your way. God, I put my trust in you. Well, Lord, I don't know what to do when my eyes are upon you. It's whether it was just how I was raised. I, I have all the sayings, but the sayings aren't just sayings. The sayings are based on an experience that I have. That's why Paul said, that I may know him. That's why Paul put an emphasis on knowing him. Why Paul said everything else is rubbish in comparison to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord for whose sake I've lost all things. In essence Paul is saying that knowing God is even more important than your religious actions. Your religious actions are really only useful if they lead you closer to a personal connection and knowledge and relationship with God. It's one of the reasons why I spent 5, 10, 15 minutes just encouraging you to worship the Lord, encourage you to come to church, encourage you to praise God for yourself and not just to be caught up in a service, whether or not we worship in the way you want us to do in a churchy religious way. You shouldn't only worship on Sunday. You ought to talk to the Lord all the time. I need you to say something to me. That's right, Pastor Annie. Instead of talking to myself, I need to talk to the Lord. I need to wake up and build a relationship with him because my confidence is in him. My confidence is in my relationship with him. And the better my relationship, the better my confidence. Stronger my confidence. If I find that I'm wavering in my confidence, then it may be connected to the fact that I don't know him as well as I need to know him. And I don't know him as well as I need to know him because I'm not quite spending enough time with him. Not going to sit here and make you feel guilty about what you do or whether or not you pray or this or that because you ought to pray enough and read the word enough and spend time with God enough at least to be confident. You ought to be on the planet long enough to know that stuff going to try to shake your confidence. Something's going to happen that's going to try to make your confidence leave. Something's going to happen that's going to make you try to throw away your confidence. And so number one, your first level of your confidence needs to come from your father, your heavenly father, your relationship with God. Everybody say amen. amen. Got you, Pastor Andy. I hear you. It's not necessarily just about church. It's about my personal relationship with the father now sure my relationship with the father helps me have a relationship with the son I come to church I serve and all that but that is also a part of what connects me even greater way to the father then the second thing I know I'm reviewing when I'm spending a lot of time I'll move on then I said number two the second place that your confidence should come from is from family. He said, for this reason, I kneel before the father from whom every family uh, in heaven and on earth derives its name. That God is not just the originator of worship. He's not just the originator of church. He is the originator of family. As a matter of fact, God created family before he ever created church. Now. A, a part of what has happened, and I, I'm sorry, I, I, I just want to correct it a little bit. You'll have to forgive me if, if, if this, but I, I'm going to have to do it. It's a call on me apostolically. And that, in a sense, some of us were raised, or the way that Christianity at times can be presented to us, is that it is a replacement for family. So it's almost like, forsake your people. And be with the Lord and I think that I guess I get that that you should forsake your people and be with the Lord if your people are making you choose between them and the Lord. I would like to believe that that's more the exception than the rule. I would like to believe that if you go home and tell your mama you got saved, your mama knowing you is going to say, thank you, Jesus. She's going to be glad that you gave your life to the Lord. She's going to be glad that you're going to church. She's going to be glad that you're serving. The chances that your mother is going to say, "What do you mean you join that church? You get back to that partying and drinking and clubbing and acting wild and crazy and smoking as much weed." The fact, the idea that you have a mama like that is rare. It's not. It's possible, but mostly, what, what a, a big part of what's supposed to happen is that that not only are you supposed to have confidence in God, but you're supposed to have confidence in family. Now, a part of what happened to us, and if you're not of African-American descent, I'm just going to talk to us for a little bit. I'm not trying to not include you. But a part of what happened with us is our families got so destroyed and so separated and so messed up that we adopted a theology that almost has to replace God with family because family is something we didn't have. And... The enemy likes to attack us in the family way so that when we say family, we almost think about enemies, but that's not really what family's supposed to be. In a sense, your family is supposed to be your can I correct, your family is supposed to be your family, no matter what. Your family is supposed to love you and care for you and have your back, whether you're right or whether you're wrong. Now, if you were raised in any kind of a world where principles were more important than you as a person, let me apologize for that theological mistake. Because Sabbath was made for man, not man for Sabbath. The principles were made for people, not people made for the principles. The so principles are something that's meant for you to build on. And I know the Bible says it's a rock that some build on and it's a rock that makes them stumble. Got you. But it's not supposed to be a rock that we throw at you and break you with. So if you were raised in, a, in a, any kind of a system... Where somebody asked me today uh, the other day about my, my kids and I don't like talking to my family too much but about me making them come to church or not and because I was I was raised in a house where if you didn't go to church you couldn't live there. I need a witness in the building. Anybody? Is it just me? If, you go, if you're if going to live in this house, you're going to church. That's how I was raised. And, and what kind of Continued with it, I'm going to move on, but I, I feel my need, I, I feel the Holy Ghost, that a, a part of what was connected to that a bit was, my family was good with me if I was good with God. So almost, if I was good with the Lord, then I was good with, if I was good with God, then they had my back. But if I wasn't, then they might not. So that the church principle was almost more important than the relationship that we had as family. And that's not something I'm doing. I'm just telling you me. I'm saying to my sons, my daughters, my children, my family, this is God. Have your own relationship with him. You don't have to be perfect with him to be okay with me. I'll still be your daddy, even if you ain't necessarily right. Oh, my Lord. I will still talk to you. I will still love you. I will still be here for you because family is not church. If your mama is a deacon at the church or an elder at the church or a leader at the church, then she ought to be able to love you even better because how can you minister to heathens in the church and can't minister to heathens in your... How can you love heathens in the church and can't love a heathen that's in your own family? And a part of the backlash of what we're experiencing of the left coming all the way so far is that it's an overcorrection. It's how accidents really happen. Somebody's going a little bit too far out of one lane. And instead of getting back on the lane, they go all the way to the left. And we took such a hard stance when it came to principles that we made the world think that we didn't care about people. Are you with me? We, we put so much principle. Here we are the church. We are the light of the world. We are the salt of the earth. We so put principles over people that what we're seeing now is people over principles. Where now we so want to identify with the feelings of people. That we're trying to get everybody To agree about things That make no sense principally I realize where it came from It comes not just from the devil Sure, but it comes from the church Not really being in its proper place And learning how to balance principle and people And people and principle The reaction to that far principle rules perspective is to now be in a place all the way to the left Uh that is it it's so crazy now that we are denying anything that really makes sense so just just to help us your confidence should come from the lord but you ought to also have confidence in your mama you ought to have confidence in your daddy you ought to have confidence in your brother and your sister. You ought to have confidence in the folk. You shouldn't have to say, "If hey, my father and my mother forsake me," that should be that should be the exception, not the rule. Because you ought to, you, your father and your mother are not supposed to forsake you. Your cousins aren't supposed to be jealous of you. Your brothers and your sisters are not supposed to hate on you. Can we just get this straight? Even if it's your experience, that's not how it is. Your daddy's not supposed to abandon you. Your mama's not supposed to leave you. Your folk are not supposed to be jealous of you. They're not supposed to be mad at you. They're not supposed to hate on you. That is not how it's supposed to be. If that's how you made it, hallelujah, but that's not how it's supposed to be. You ought to have confidence in your heavenly father. You ought to have confidence in the folk that you surround yourself with. You ought to have confidence in the family you came from. You ought to have confidence in the family you make. Why would you be with somebody if you're not confident? You ought to have confidence in the person that you make family with. Then I said, number three, that your third source of confidence, right here in the word, your third source of confidence Is you. Uh Jew. He says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have power together with all of the saints, God's holy people, to grasp the love of God. And to understand this love that surpasses knowledge so that you can be filled to all the measure of the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ever ask a thing according to his power that's at work within us to him be glory in the church. So one of the sources of confidence for you ought to be you. And so that's why I read the passage there in Proverbs, and I, we'll go back to Ephesians in just a minute. But if you look at Proverbs chapter four, this is real good Pastor Andy. I know. Don't shout me down, preacher. Good. In Proverbs chapter four, in verse twenty, the writer says, "Pay attention to my words, turn your ear to my words. Don't let them out your sight. Keep them within your heart. They're life to those who find them, health to somebody's whole body. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it." Your heart is a wellspring. I'm gonna put that on the screen. Your heart is a wellspring. I want you to tell your neighbor, your heart is a wellspring. No, that was weak. Tell somebody else, cause they, I don't know. Tell somebody else, your heart is a wellspring. That is still so weak. Maybe you need to tell it to an empty chair. Tell the chair, your heart is a wellspring. You're at home, say your heart is a wellspring That your everything flows from within you It is an encouraging word and a challenging word at the same time Because you can only blame other people but so much Because the Lord is saying, no, no, no God will strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. And Christ will dwell in your hearts through faith so that you will have your own wellspring. Now, when I say your heart's a wellspring, when I talk about a wellspring, for us in our modern times, we barely understand it because we got piped in water everywhere. You don't realize how valuable your water is until you don't have it. If I seem a bit frank or a bit whatever this morning, it's because my power went out and and I've been up since 5 o'clock and I have a generator, but my generator don't. There's nothing worse than a generator that don't work when you need it. I need a witness in the building. None worse than you having to call somebody to come fix the generator. By the time they get there, the power's already back on. You don't realize how much you need and love power till it's off. I called the electric company. Oh, the power's gonna be on by 9 a.m. And I'm like, well, I got to come to church. I got to preach. I can't preach funky. I got to take some kind of shower, although I do. And so I what I I ended up having to get a hotel room and drive in and take a shower and get dressed there and come here. And so I've been through a lot this morning because I didn't have power in my house. Since I didn't have power in my house. I had to go someplace else where there was power because it's hard to live this life without power. Oh, I wish I had a witness in the building. Praise God for you feeling power in here, but this cannot be the hotel motel holiday inn where you come to get some power. You can't come here to get a shower. You need a shower in your own If you have to come here to feel God, you're only going to feel him but so much. You shouldn't feel God in here and turmoil in your house. You should have peace in your own space. You ought to have peace in your own soul. You ought to have peace in your own situation. You shouldn't have to get all your peace from everybody else. You ought to be able to get some peace from within. I'm more tired this morning. I'm more tired this morning because I had to travel to get power. Wow. I'm more exhausted this morning because I had to travel to get water. Because without power, my water don't work. This is just something that we almost don't really acknowledge until we're out of power, the power goes off in the area, and you're calling to try to figure out what's the... With no power, there's no Wi-Fi. And with no Wi-Fi, you can't even live. (laughs) If your Wi-Fi is off, you feel like your leg... You feel like your leg don't work. You, You can't survive without Wi-Fi. I need a witness in the building. Some of us remember (laughs) dial-up. Some of us remember you got mail. Some of us remember before there was an internet. Now, the internet is everything. (laughs) I got to send you a picture of these pork chops I'm about to eat. And I want it to go to you fast. Back in the day, you took a picture with this thing called a camera. Y'all don't even know what this is, but it was a camera. Somebody talk to me. I'll call you out with your gray hair. It was a camera, and, uh, and your picture went on this thing called a roll of film. Y'all don't even know what that's about. What are you talking about, Bessie Anybody in this roll of film? It was a roll of film. You put it in a little black plastic thing, and you put it in the refrigerator. Why? I don't know. To keep it cold. By the time you got it developed, you didn't even remember what was on that roll. Y'all got pictures instantly. You got so many pictures on your phone that when you go to find a picture, you can't find it. Because you got a million thousand pictures of every dessert you ate and every car you and every hairstyle. How many selfies you need? You ain't changed. Okay, anyway. We don't really think about this, but there was a time when where you built your house had to do with water. Wait, 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 barely think about it, but you can't survive without water. So where you built your house had to do with water. Now, the challenge is if you build too close to the water, the ground. And the earth near the water can be a little unstable. And so you need more stability than the water can provide. I'm halfway scared to say this. But some of us that were taught to build our lives right on the bank of the church. It's not a very stable life. For everything to be Jesus, 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 Jesus. At some point, you got to go to work. At some point, you got to save some money. At some point, you got to get some insurance. It's not Jesus in the morning, Jesus in the noonday. Jesus when the sun go down. No, it's Jesus in the morning, work in the noonday. And hopefully, love when the sun goes down. Hopefully, there's something when the sun goes down besides just Jesus. I would contend if you have Jesus in the morning, Jesus in the noonday, Jesus when the sun goes down, you're going to end up crazy. Don't, don't, don't judge me don't act like you ain't never talked to one of these spiritually spooky holy ghost crazy people talking to you all close and their breath's all hot how are you doing? I'm with the Lord I'm with the Lord. No you're not you're not with him every second what's up? heaven brother you're going? well yeah but there's a lot of stuff up besides just heaven What'd you do last night? I was in a throne room. Uh, I was in travail. Uh, I was in there with the Lord praying. Well, I prayed. Then I watched the game. Then I had something to eat. I had some Chinese food. I prayed over that. That's why folk don't want to deal with us because we come off this thing where you got to build your life right up on the banks of the Spirit. And we spot a whole bunch of spooky, spiritually deep, broke people. Yes. I need a witness. We've been we be a whole bunch of people that was in church all week and didn't have nothing to leave their children. Wow. Even though the Bible says that a man that doesn't take care of his own is worse than an unbeliever. But we just did away with that because you got to be a church all week. So no, the idea is, all right. I want to build my life, my house, so that I can get to the water, but it's tiring to have to go to it to bring it back all the time. And so, tech and man's ingenuity and gifts of God got to a place where people started to do something where they dug a well because they realized there's three sources of water there's water that falls out the sky. There's water that's over here gathered, and there's water beneath you. This sermon's just preaching itself.
0: If this message has blessed or encouraged you, feel free to visit www.worldovercomers.church podcast and learn more about WOCC or donate to the ministry. This enables us to continue to impact the kingdom in the best way possible.
1: You can't just survive off of the heavenly blessings that come out of the sky, and you can't just survive off of the dwelling of the spirit that we gather here together. You also need some well, you also need some water down deep on the inside of you. You need to dig down deep and find the well. The Bible says that when you are baptized, Jesus promised that out of your belly will flow a river of living water. It won't just come from here and it won't just come from God. Bless me. It will come from within. I said it will come from within. That you win from within and the way to win from within is to dig a well when you come here you shouldn't just be hoping I preach good to get you some rain You shouldn't be like, I don't know who's who's sharing the service. I cause I like Ty- I like Pastor Tyrus with the New York, with the New York Pentecostal praise uh, and the prayer from New York. You can heal the Brooklyn in there. And you know you need some Jesus if you're from Brooklyn. Uh, and so that's what I want to hear. No, I like Pastor Tony because he got that Winston, Salem, Southern, North Carolina. I can smell the chicken when he's praying. Listen, you should not just get that from here shouldn't just get your water from who's leading and who's singing and ooh, Lisa back, ooh, she here now. Don't you feel the Holy Ghost? Woo! Go ahead, Pastor Josh. Ooh, I'm kind of wrestling. What am I going to do? Let me get my phone. Let me go see what Jake said, what Joyce Meyer said, what this one said, what that one said, because I got to get some of this Jesus and try to shine it on. Praise God for that, but where is the spirit that's on the inside of you? You ought to be able to encourage your own self. I need a win. You ought to be able to prophesy to your own self. You ought to be able to talk to your own self. You ought to say, why are you downtrodden on my soul? Why are you putting your hope in God? You ought to be able to slip away and talk to the Lord on your own and find a living well. It's about digging a well. Digging a well is hard work. Digging a well is dirty work. Digging a well ain't just cute worship praise. Digging a well means that you first got to deal with you. You got to deal with what kind of ground you are. You got to deal with where you came from. You got to deal with what your people is like. You got to deal with your issues to dig a well. Because you can't dig a well if you concrete. You can't dig a well if you're so hard, can't nobody tell you nothing. You can't dig a well if you can't receive anything. You're going to have to dig down. Right. It's the wellspring of life. I'm going to throw it on the screens. I'm not even, this is it. I'm done. It's the wellspring of life. This is just, I got so much to say, but I'm going to let you go. It's the wellspring of life. Where does it start? It starts with you digging deeper. You got to dig deeper. This passage is saying that you may be filled to all the measure of the fullness. You got to dig down. You can't just dig wide. You got to dig down. You got to get down in there and see what you have buried in you. A therapist will help you do this too because you ain't ready for nobody else until you deal with the demons in you. You want everybody else to be delivered but you. You get to keep your demons, but you're going to rebuke mine. You got all kinds of stuff buried in you. I wish I had. You got stuff you ain't talked about. You got stuff people did to you. You got all kinds of dead bodies buried in you. You got folk who hurt you and wounded you and you ain't let them go. And you ain't forgiven them. And the minute you stick your shovel in there, we can smell the funk from the decay of all of the stuff that you've been carrying, all the baggage you got in there. And if you don't get that out, it'll corrupt your water as you pull it up. Oh, I got to move on it's why some folks can't dig a well because their dirt is too filthy for them to really dig a well because the dirt will corrupt the water You got to dig down, you got to let folk go, you got to forgive, you got to forgive your mama, you got to forgive your people, you got to forgive your daddy, you got to forgive, you got to move on. How can you love God, your father who you don't see, and you don't talk to your earthly father who's around? Even if he wasn't there, even if he didn't raise you. Just because he disappointed you when you were a child doesn't mean that he doesn't deserve for you to hear his story today. Especially if you don't need him now. If you don't need him now, if he wasn't there for you, but somehow God was your father, and God made a way for you, and God kept you, and you're not in jail, and you're not crazy, then maybe you're going to hear his story for him, and not just about you. Get over yourself. It's a regular question I'm asking, gentlemen. I'm like, okay, well, where's your father? I can't tell you how many times, gentlemen, where a man will say, oh, yeah, well, I don't really know my father. And I'm like, oh, is he alive? Yeah. Well, have you heard his story? No, I'm done. No, you're done? No, you're not done. Think, rethink that. Because you can't really deal with you if you've got dead stuff buried down in there. Who hurt you, who abused you, who wounded you, you got to let them go. You got to get some dirt get some counseling, talk to somebody because you'll never have clean water with dirt, with jacked up dirt. You you got to dig deeper. You got to find living water. The water you find at first may not be living. You got to dig down till you get to the wellspring. And one of the pictures that I had, throw this picture up with the, with the well with the stones. Because the other thing, it's on this picture. But you see, once you dig the well, you got to line it with something hard. It can't just be dirt in the well. you got to line it with something that is solid. So that as you draw water up, Dirt from the side won't be falling into your water. You want to be able to go to your water and grab water. And so the work is to dig it, then line it. Now what happens with some of us is we get real spiritual, get real hallelujah and holy ghosty, and we dig a well, but we don't line it with any word. We don't line it with any stones. And so now it's easy for our wells to get corrupted because there's no word backing it up. And then my fourth thing, I'm done, is you have to keep it clean. A well has to be kept clean. You've got to be careful that stuff don't fall down in that well. And get sick and die in that well. Because it will poison the water. And now that water is corrupted. You have to keep an eye on the well within you. I wish I had a witness in the building besides just myself. In which I have found that the biggest problem was me. I was blaming everybody else, but it was me that was standing in the need of prayer, and I had allowed things to fall into me, into my situation, into my... It's one of the reasons why crap happens. I can't say the other word because I'm preaching. <laughs> but you know what word I mean. The reason why it's raining crap is because the enemy's trying to get crap in your well. He's trying to get folk turning on you and folks to betray you and folks to disappoint you and hurt you and wound you so that he can turn you against you. So that your own perspective is, is skewed and flawed and now anything anybody says to you ends up corrupted. got to guard my heart. Solomon says, above everything, you got to guard your heart because it is the wellspring of life. Everything flows from in here. You've got to guard what you put in here. I know this is old school, but my... Grandmama used to tell me, guard your gates. Anybody hear that? Guard your gates. Guard your gates. Be careful little ears what you hear. Be careful little eyes what you see. Because you hear stuff, stuff goes in, and it can corrupt you on the inside. You've got to be careful. You've got to look at your well and clean it on a regular basis because... What the Lord is determined to do in all of us is strengthen us with power through his spirit in our inner being. I would contend that the Lord would rather you be strong on the inside and broke than weak on the inside and rich. I know that don't sound good to you, but let me tell you why. Because if you get rich and your inside is weak, you won't keep it. I'm going to make everybody say amen. It's so true, Pastor Andy. It's so true. If you get rich and your inside ain't right, you will not have it. You will lose it. No, no, no. you got to get the inside strong first. Your inside has to be strong before you get any of the stuff you're asking God for. You're asking God for a child? You better get your inside strong first. Because a child will test you. Amen. Oh, I need a witness in the building. I said I need a witness. A child will show you whether your will is strong or not. A child will show you if you saved or not. Oh, I just want a husband so bad. Really? Can I tell you something? To have a husband, you need to be strong on the inside. Good husbands is work. I'm going to say it again. Husbands be work. Husbands ain't here just to help you with your work. Husbands is a whole problem themselves. Don't say amen too loud because your husband's sitting right next to you. (laughs) Somebody like. (laughs) You need to be strong on the inside. I just want the Lord to bless me with a husband. No, you don't. Not till you're strong on the inside. I'll just get a wife, Pastor Andy. Dude, dude, dude. You better have some inner scrimp. Not even strength. You need I want to be a partner. You better be strong on the inside. Partner at the firm, partner in the thing, partner in the... Every promotion ain't amazing. You don't realize how much work it is till you get there. More money, more work. More money, more, pro- more, more responsibility. I just watched Pastor Andy up there, you know, somewhere deep down I think I could do that. Really? Oh, really? Be careful what you pray for. You don't know like I know. the. You don't know what this cost. You don't know what my anointing costs me. I don't know what your anointing costs you. You got to be strong on the inside, baby. Before you ever get famous, you need to have strength on the inside. What will God do? He will strengthen you on the inner man. Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And the well that you dig, the work that you put on the inside of yourself is valuable. You ought to do it spiritually. I've had to do it spiritually. I've had to do it physically. I've had to do it psychologically. You feel some kind of way about some therapy? Well, don't talk to me because I had to get some. I need a witness in the building. You just crazy, then you need some therapy then. So that out of your belly will flow a river of living water. So that your confidence will come from the Father, your confidence will come from the people around you, your family, and your confidence will come from you where you can encourage your own heart. If you heard a word, put your hands together and bless the (laughs) Lord. Jump on your feet. Let me pray for you. Lord, I thank you for what you said to us today. Thank you for speaking to us and through us. Thank you for your anointing that destroys the yoke. Thank you for every person that gathered together in this room. Thank you for every person that tuned in around the world. Thank you that this was good. It was good for us to come together. It was good for us to gather together. It was good for us to turn this on and watch this, whatever day it is. It was good for us to think about the well within now god i'm praying that you would fill us full of yourself i'm always asking that that you will fill us to the measure of the fullness of christ and that out of our own belly will flow a river of living water Praise God for the pastors, praise God for the elders, praise God for the deacons, praise God for, our, for the folk around us. But God, at the end of it all, we ought to be able to trust ourselves, heal us of our wounds. Lord, as we go digging and moving, God, I pray that you would heal us from what the enemy tried to do to us. What the devil meant for evil, God, I pray that you will somehow turn it around for our good and that you'll make us to be more like you. I thank you for your word. It is a lamp into our feet and a light into our pathway. I thank you that the entrance of your word sheds light. And as we walk in the light, as you're in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, His son cleanses us from all of the sin. Thank you for living so big in us today. Thank you for your anointing that destroys the yoke. Now, God, you have made the heavens by your great power. Nothing is too difficult for you. Stretch forth your hand and heal. Perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Be God in our situation will praise you. Favor on your people. Grace on your people. Peace on your people power in your people Let the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight as we leave from this place now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine according to the power that's at work within us to him be glory in the church and throughout all generations world without end have your way in us kingdom of God come will of God be done in Jesus name we all sit together amen God bless you you're dismissed greet somebody tell somebody
0: God bless you hopefully you were blessed and encouraged by this message visit www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast for more information on W O C C and events that are coming up Maybe we are coming to your area soon. God bless.